Well, we also want to take a minute to recognize our uh, six graduating seniors um, as well. And um, I'd like to, to read their names uh, to you as well. Angelina Gagney, Josh Hyder, Gabe Love, Sarah Jaquith, Hans Kinstead, and Emma Racine. And uh, I had the privilege of sitting down with three of our seniors uh, last week to talk through and reflect on their testimonies, on their stories um, around a campfire, and uh, to pray with them as well. And I think we all walked away uh, blessed uh, by that time that we shared together. Um, For the youth who are listening, who are in grades uh, 7 to 12, um, you will have an opportunity to reflect um, and ask questions and pray for the seniors who share um, tonight at our youth gathering. Um, But uh, I hope you'll be blessed to hear how God is at work in their lives um, during this time. So I'd like to invite up Josh, uh, if he'd be willing to, uh, to share with us first. Good morning. My name is Josh Heider. My family and I have been attending JCC for the past three years. Growing up, the church has always been a constant in my life. We attended a church in a nearby town until I was 10 years old when we moved to a church in Burlington. After worshiping and being baptized at the church in Burlington for a couple years, our family decided to attend a church closer to our local community, which brought us to JCC. Spending the past few years at JCC has been a blessing for me. At my old church in Burlington, there were only a few kids my age. There wasn't a youth group that I could be involved in, so I didn't experience a connection to that church community. Church felt like more than a chore than anything, and once the service was over, I could check it off my list, only to rinse and repeat the following week. The mindset even carried over when we switched to JCC. I didn't invest a lot of time in my relationship with God. Part of this was my selfishness. The other part was expecting something to materialize without working at it. I didn't look forward to reading the Bible on my own, I would put off reading the word until late at night, and then I would tell myself I was too tired to read and wouldn't get it done. If, it, if, if I happened to get the reading completed, I would tend to forget the words or meaning the next morning. I had faith in God and believed the words of the Bible, but what good use was it for me if it didn't influence my life? When I was at school, I would try to hide my faith in God because I was ashamed of my beliefs. I wouldn't be open about it and would sometimes dodge questions to avoid situations I decided were uncomfortable. I wanted to fit in, to be like everyone else, so God was left behind in my life. He would come second, third, or fourth in my life, not first, where he belonged. I spent so much time trying to do the bare minimum just to convince myself he still mattered to me. I would pray that I would change, that I would magically become a perfect Christian. I imagined the flip of a switch that one day all my problems would go away. But God is not a genie. He doesn't give us everything we desire or want, and certainly not instantaneously, because he knows that our fulfilled desires will not satisfy what we truly need. God gives us what he knows we need, which most of the time isn't what we expect. 
I think that this has been the biggest testament for me. Sometimes I pray and think that my problems will evaporate. I distinctively remember Sunday school my junior year, going through the renovation of the heart with Mr. Berard, during which he asked, Is there one thing that, if you could remove it from your life, would make your struggles go away? I thought about this question a lot, and the answer was yes. I think that as humans, we all tend to fall towards different types of sin, and to remove the temptation is obviously appealing because it would set me free from the bondage to sin. But the truth is, there is no magic wand. Snares are ever-present realities. We will never be able to remove temptation from our lives, and there, but there is only hope for those who look to God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10.13, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I have tried to remember these words written by the Apostle Paul, as sometimes it can seem God is nowhere to be found. But he is always with us and will not let us bear the weight of the world alone. As a Christian, it is important to remember what Jesus has done for, on the cross, for us on the cross. 1 Peter 2.24 Sacrificing his life and enduring the sins of the world so that we may have the gift of eternal life, if we choose, is the premise of Christianity. Having faith in God means having hope in a life beyond our world with no temptation, no sin, and no pain. For me to be ashamed of the hope I have in Jesus does no good for the people I interact with. I need to remind myself of Romans 1.16, which says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because of the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Going through my everyday life, I cannot imagine not having faith in Christ. This world is a dark and broken place, fragmented with the imperfections of humanity. To be a person with no belief in God is to have no hope. There have been times where I was down on life, seemingly without hope. But for me to think about Jesus and what he has done for me, the opportunity he has given me if I choose him keeps me going. This world we live in is only temporary. To live in this world for God is to live in the hope of a better place. I want to live my life for God, trusting and surrendering to his will and plan for my life through both times of trial and seasons of comfort. I am striving to be that person. I am a flawed individual, but I want to be better. I am a sinner, but I desire to be more like Jesus. I have not solved all my problems, and I do not live a perfect life. I constantly deal with sin and the effects of it on my life, but with every passing day, God helps me to be more like him. I am working to improve as an individual who puts God first because he deserves my attention. I want to use my gifts for God's purpose. Throughout my life so far, I have learned many lessons, and I anticipate many more lessons learned in the next chapter of my life as I attend UVM beginning this fall. I ask that you would pray for me for my leap into the unknown and that I would stand firm with my eyes towards Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for sharing, Josh. Um, next, you're going to have uh, you're you're going to see a video. Um, Gabe Love is uh, going to be sharing, but unfortunately, he couldn't be here today. Uh, but he did want to share, um, and so uh, we'll I'll let I'll let Gabe speak through the video here. Uh, hello, everyone. I um, 
My name is Gabe Love. I'm sharing my senior testimony this year. Um, to be 100% honest, I don't really want to be here and talk about what I have to say. Um, but I feel like God's been calling me to share and open up and get out of my comfort zone. So that is what I'm here to do. Um, as most of you guys don't know, I have closed a chapter of my life and have recently opened a new one. And I'm here to talk a little bit about this chapter of my life that's been closed and a little bit about this new chapter in my life. Um, so a year ago, I moved out of my parents' house. And while that was a great decision, it, it brought on a lot of freedom and responsibility into my life. And along with that responsibility, there was a lot of stress on me. I felt like there was a, it, it was all up to me to sort of uh, take care of myself and, and I was fully responsible for, for my well-being and, and, um, and as I said, that, that sort of brought a lot of stress into my life. And unfortunately, I chose to combat all that stress with, with things that were, were self-destructive. Um, I started messing around with drugs, excessive drinking... Um, and, uh, smoking cigarettes and, um, and for a while that's sort of what I needed and it felt right. And with time, those things started to, to lead to other things such as, you know, much harder drugs and more drinking. I started getting affiliated with, with crime, with, with really bad people and, um, with those bad things, um, bad people, sorry, brought bad things. And, um, I found myself with time feeling very unfulfilled and, and honestly, like I was, I was living a very dangerous life. Um, and at times that felt like a very powerful thing. Like I had full control over my life and my destiny. And at other times I, I was fully aware of the, the low that I'd hit. And, uh, and, and how empty I felt. And um, I remember having very vivid memories of, of both those things. And um, so I remember about uh, a month before this whole COVID thing began, I was, very, I was feeling very, very aware of how, how low my life had gotten. And I was feeling desperate for anything that would sort of get me um, get me out of that low. And, uh, I just felt very helpless. And I got a text from my sister, Karis, and she said that Pete Anderson had stepped up as the youth pastor at JCC. And I immediately felt compelled to show up to that meeting and see what all that was about. And the moment I was there and heard Pete, heard what Pete had to say, I felt even more compelled to meet with Pete in person and sort of come to him about a lot of the stuff I was struggling with at the time. Um, and, uh, so I met with Pete and literally overnight, I, I just, I brought all these things that I was struggling with to God. Um, and, and that next day I decided I was going to, I was going to leave the drugs behind. I was going to leave the excessive drinking behind. I was going to stop affiliating with the people that I was, that I was affiliating with. And, um, 
and start to focus on, on God's plan and not my plan. And, uh, and, uh, he'd freed me from a lot of things. And, um, since then I've been feeling, I've been feeling just that I've been feeling free. I've been feeling as though a weight has been lifted from my shoulders. And, uh, and, uh, so, so that sort of brings me to this new chapter in my life, um, where I've left a lot of this stuff behind and I don't really know what the future holds for me. Um, what I do know and what I'm here to share with you guys is that I am trusting in God and his plan for me and I have to hold tightly onto my faith. And I would also like to share that, um, I don't have a lot of the answers, um, I'm coming to you guys as a broken man who's asking God to put the pieces back together. And I don't know what he has in store for me, and but I know for a fact it's better than anything that I could have planned for myself. And um, I have to trust on that daily. And it's a struggle to... It's a daily struggle to stay away from the things, those temptations that I have in my life. But like I said, I'm trusting God that that his plan is sufficient and that it will get me to where I need to be. And, um, and that is really, if, if you can remember anything from any of the stuff that I've said today, that would have to be it is that, um, trusting God and listening to what he has to say is, is the best thing that you could do. And like I said, <laughs> I'm a broken man and I'm making, <clears throat> I'm making mistakes daily, but I'm, I'm trusting in God daily. And, uh, and, and I, I know that that will see me through. So I think that's, that's all I have to say. Um, I'd love to connect with people if they'd like to hear a little bit more about what life has been like me for me in the last year. Um, but I want to thank those who have tuned in and have heard what I have to say. And, uh, I want to thank uh, Pete Anderson, but, and also God for, for giving me this opportunity to share what's been on my heart lately. Um, so thank you. Next up, we'll be hearing from Hans and Hans is here with us today. anything written down. I didn't get around to this week, so apologies if it's a little bit uh, kind of scattered. But um, So I was born to a Christian family here in, in Jericho while I was in Shelburne, but I was born into JCC. Um, my dad has always been just a figure in my life to just um, keep me here and keep me on a straight and narrow. Uh, and throughout elementary school, uh, he, I was just on fire for God, I think, and it was really an easy time for me. It's mostly living off my parents' faith, I think. Um, but I was still, like, searching for all, for just Jesus and stuff. And I remember in maybe third grade or second grade, I started, my dad, every night, we started reading the Bible together, just starting from Genesis and just going through to wherever we can go. And despite rereading it now and seeing how that, that kind of stuff, how boring it might seem, like Leviticus and Numbers and that stuff, I was just super into it. And I was really excited to do that every night with my dad. Um... And that lasted until probably right around when middle school started coming around. And middle school, there was a few things that started happening. So firstly, 
uh, my life started getting more busy. I was um, home later, so that time just started to disappear slowly until it just kind of disappeared completely. Um, another thing that happened was that there was, there was one English class I had, and I'd always done well in school, and I always got praise from teachers and stuff, but there's this one English class, and I always hated English before, but this one class I just could not handle, and I was just doing poorly, and I just kind of couldn't hand in assignments, and that started to really wear on me, and I started to think like that I wasn't worthy of really either um, my parents' love or my teachers' respects or my own love or God's love. Um, and looking back on it, it was really just one class, but it meant a lot back then. And then another thing that started happening is I started hanging out with another kid um, on the street over, uh, and he he was a year older, and he started just introducing me into things that, that I did not want to be a part of. And although I didn't really join him and do things that he did, it started to just kind of, it was my first taste of like the real world of, of what, what was out there in sin. Um, and so throughout that time, I didn't have any Christian friends, really. Uh, and so I was going through it mostly alone, and I was just kind of turned away from God, not intentionally, but just by just being busy and just forgetting about it. Uh, until in my seventh grade year, uh, there, was a, so there was a kid who was currently at, who was at CVU, which is the school I'd be going to, and he was friends with Anna, um, and he had just started a new thing called Young Life at CVU, well, him and a couple other people, him, my sister, and one other kid, uh, they were meeting at CVU and doing a Bible study, uh, and so he started to get to know me when I was in 7th or 8th, yes, yeah, no, 8th grade, yeah, I was in 8th grade, uh, and so we started to get to know each other, and he was, he kind of started just, he wanted to get to know me like none of my other friends really did, he wanted to get to real things, he wanted to actually reach out uh, and be part of my life, which was a complete change from all my other friends who I'd had at the time. Uh, and so he ended up inviting me and my dad eventually to a Bible study every Friday night, um, which was part of, which began my track back to turning back to the Lord. Um, and so we started going to that, and that was very helpful because it just, other than church every week, it gave me another outlet to, to invest time into the Lord's Word. Uh, and then also, that summer, it was their first, for Young Life Camp, it was their first year of bringing a group there. And although I wasn't technically supposed to go because I was in eighth grade, I got to go with a small group of kids to Saranac Lake in New York for Young Life Camp. Uh, and I remember that week was just, it was crazy, I mean, but, um, and on the, one of the last nights uh, where they give what we call the cross talk, where you talk about what Jesus did on the cross, um, they let all the kids go out for 20 minutes uh, after that, just to go, it's pitch black, nothing, no sounds, no anything, and you just kind of st- just think about what was just said. And I remember, I don't remember what the speaker said exactly, but it brought back um, something that my old pastor had said, which was, he was talking about in a sermon about Christianity compared to other religions and other worldviews, and he was talking about how in, in other religions you kind of have to work hard and be good so that God will love you. But then in Christianity, it just kind of flips it all around and that because God loves you, that you, you will be compelled to, to work hard and be good. And that was just the idea of not having to earn or not having to be accountable, uh, being accountable, but not having to yeah, earn my way to heaven. That was 
it just kind of hit me right there. Um, and it, it wasn't like, I don't want to see like I was a new man right there in that one second. Because um, when I came home, it still, there were still those problems that I had. But once we hit high school, once after that summer I was over, there was a lot, kind of a reset button there. And that, first of all, uh, that whole problem with just like English class just like went away. <laughs> I don't know why, but. Um, and so I no longer had to really deal with that. Uh, and definitely my confidence was a lot higher throughout high school. Uh, and then also I started trying, it, it was really when I started to take ownership of my faith and I started to actually try to, try to um, pursue on my own. Uh, and then also, uh, at the same time, that friend I was hanging out with earlier uh, moved out when I was about to go into high school. But that was not before he introduced me into the world of pornography, which has been something that I've been struggling with through high school. Um, and there's been hard times. There's been times where I felt great um, throughout this time. And I haven't really, I've been mostly going through this alone, which I, I've always known, like, how to solve this or, like, what the steps I need to take are. Yeah, I just never take them throughout until more recently, until probably about six months ago where I was, uh, I was working at Young Life Camp. This was my second time doing it. And I had, we had shared our testimonies to, to campers in cabins. And so that was the first time I really shared it to, to other people. And I did see, and I, I was really, I almost just left it out. Uh, and when I did share it, I could see that God was working through that because I saw these kids when I mentioned that. Like, there was definitely kids doing the same struggles. Um, and so I know that this is happening. I've had this struggle and that God can work through this. Um, but I know I'm still working through it. Uh, and now I've been working with other people. And I've definitely been... A theme of this whole past six months for me has been vulnerability uh, and depending on others, which are two things that I hate so much. So um, that's really what I hope to get out of both sharing it here and just sharing it with other people. Uh, and one verse that's really been... Uh, convicting me in the past few months is that um, it comes from, uh, I can't tell you exactly where, but it's like Genesis 4 maybe. It's when Cain and Abel, uh, and God is talking to Cain, and he just says that sin is at your door, um, waiting for you to let it in, and it will just consume you if you do. And that's been something that's just been been on my mind. Um, so, I don't know, I'm just, that's where I'm at right now, so that's where I'm trying to get to. Thank you.